Are you at a point in your life where you go, when you decide to make a, f a film, you say, I want to make this film somewhere where I can be on vacation? Yes. And then I said, imagine if we did it in Hawaii, how great that movie would be. And they were like, yes, that's a very artistic idea. I was like, yeah. The reason it's a funny story is because it's a true story. <laughs> Okay, so, so welcome to Crappy Madison. Yep, this is going to be our Patreon exclusive podcast uh, spinoff from Random Movie Roulette. This is me, and uh, I'm Mike, and this is uh, my friend Anthony. Hi, I'm Anthony. Yep, and so we decided that what we're going to do is that we're going to make a podcast that chronicles every single film released under the Happy Madison umbrella from beginning to end, and uh, you. Our first episode here is Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, and you yeah. might you might be wondering why aren't we doing Billy Madison? That was a, it's ta not really a, a Happy Madison movie because it it wasn't uh, they did, the uh, the studio didn't exist by that time. Yes, so yeah, those those are what I like to call the pre Madison years. So eventually, we'll probably end up getting to that. Yeah, but once, once we go through the official canon of Happy oh, Madison, of we'll, course. we'll go back. We'll go back we're, and do all the classics. We'll do Happy Gilmore and Big Daddy and yeah. shit like that. So what we're trying to do here is. Basically, with this, we're trying to really dissect the entire HMCU, the Happy Madison Cinematic Universe, yes. as I like to call it, because, of course, these movies all exist in the same timeline. Yeah. They have to. And we'll probably end up doing a video explaining, or not a video, but an episode explaining that at the end, how these movies are all connected. But we have to go through, we're going to go through and talk about not only, we know the movies are bad, but we want to see... How bad? We know they're bad, but we watched some of these movies we watched as kids, some of these movies we grew up with. A lot of these we've never even seen. I've never yep. seen most of them, only a yep. few. But what we really want to see is, are they as bad as people say they are? Hint, most of them are as bad as people say yep. they are, but we'll get to that. And also we want to look at how much money they made, who, the you know, critical responses, uh, things like that. Yeah, and, and basic, then, basically and just dissect it through a critical eye, which these movies... Uh, don't really lend themselves to? No, uh, not at all. So also, I don't know what we're getting ourselves into, yeah, Mike. But, but also in a way of, uh, of trying to, from, uh, from the perspective of going through each every movie and trying to find its own individual merits, like what is good about this movie and what is particularly bad about it. We have sections for all of that that we'll get to at the end. Uh, but yeah, let's, if we're ready to start with uh, this movie. Yeah, without further ado, let's, start, let's go. Let's start with Deuce Bigelow. Male gigolo. Okay. Deuce Bigelow was a professional fish tank cleaner <laughs> who never got any respect. I was thinking maybe later we could... Uh, no. I mean, uh, I, I don't think so. Until a client... I am a gigolo. Jigga who? ...asked him to house it. When am I going to get $6,000 in three weeks? Now, he'll go from low-class loser... I want you to meet me tonight. To high-paid lover. I'm Deuce Bigelow, your man whore for this evening. I have narcolepsy. It's a sleeping disorder. <laughs> and he's determined to be the best damn gigolo $10 can buy. Touchstone Pictures presents... I have Tourette's Syndrome. It causes me to have these uncontrollable outbursts. Shove it up your... <laughs> Barely notice it. <laughs> Rob Schneider. Is Tina here? I'm Tina. 
Bruce Bigelow, male gigolo. Oh, Deuce. Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, was the first film in the Happy Madison Cinematic Universe, released December 10th, 1999, featuring a cast starring Rob Schneider, William Forsyth, Eddie Griffin, Arisha Barakas, Amy Poehler, and Norm MacDonald. Budget for this film was $17 million and raked in a box office gross of $92.9 million. This is this is the Iron Man of the Happy Madison <laughs> universe. This is what they started off with. And what boy, what a film to start with, I must say. Well, it's showing that it's, this was a, a good return on investment for them. Oh, of course. But, you know, whereas the money is huge, the scores, the critics, on the other hand, not so much. Rotten Tomatoes. 23% critic score, 42% audience score. The Rotten Tomatoes blurb says, according to critics, Deuce Bigelow is just too dumb and filled with old, tired gags. I like how even the Rotten Tomatoes consensus blurb can't even dissect it more smartly than saying it's so dumb and it's not funny. <laughs> I also Like, that's really... You can't go much more beyond that. I also appreciate how it opens with according to critics. Like, yeah, that's like, not what Rotten Tomatoes is for. It's the critics' for. consensus. It's in the thing. You don't have to... S- <laughs> s- it's like when people say, in my opinion. Yeah. It's like, we know it's your opinion. You're saying it. <laughs> well... Let's see. I want to see how much of a streak this could go on because audience score is 42%. I want to see how many Happy Madison movies the audience score is higher than the critic score. Probably all of them. But first, we got the first one up. Audience score higher than critic score, 42 versus 23. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 23 is... I don't know if it's necessarily too low for this movie. I mean, Rotten, the way Rotten Tomatoes works is that it's based on how many people liked it. I can imagine that that many people disliked it. But if we're going on our individual basis, like, we'll give out our score for the movie at the end, but it's like, you know, it's not a 20% movie, I would say. No, I'd say this movie was pretty enjoyable, but we'll get on to that. I would say that that it is probably closer to the 40%, but... Yeah. yeah, And then Metacritic, what was it on? Metacritic got a 30%. Yeah, and Metacritic is based on the individual scores, Yeah. so... Speaking of that, the best and the worst review of this film, which is another thing we're going to try to touch on every film we do, best review was from the Baltimore Sun's Chris... Kaltenbach, 63, which, by the way, five critics, I believe. It was either four or five critics gave this all 63s. But this was the seemed to be the most positive one out of all of them. Surprisingly funny, a deep-down good-hearted take on that oldest of comedy conventions, the ill-prepared Rube caught up in a situation that somehow never gets the best of him. And I also just had to pick this because it used the term Rube. <laughs> I think it's a great term. We should use it more like, what a, what a boob or what a maroon. Yeah. <laughs> and then the worst was a zero. Jack Matthews of the New York Daily News said, a little Disney Christmas release that comes wrapped in used toilet paper. Now, this also begs the question, does Disney still own Happy... Well, no, it's under Sony now, but then yeah, again, Buena, Buena Vista. at one point, Disney owned Happy Madison. Yeah. Now they own everything but Happy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> so... So going forward with this, um, do we have any? Do you have any nostalgia for this movie? Do you remember I've this movie? S- no, I, I. This is the first time I've ever watched it. I've never seen it before. I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen a, a movie starring Rob Schneider until this movie. Like I had seen him in like cameos in other Adam Sandler movies before, but I've never seen a movie starring him because he's the most unkempt male <laughs> lead that there could be. Like he's so. Yeah, so South Park, South Park, Green Passengers. Fuck you. You'll see it anyway. Yeah. It's Rob Schneider. Uh, but Rob Schneider is a carrot. <laughs> okay. That's the animal, though. When yeah, we get to we'll, the animal. We'll that, get to that. Yeah. But, okay, so for me, nostalgia for this movie. I don't have nostalgia for this movie 
period. But I got to mention it now because I just think it's bears repeating. I'll mention it again when we get to the eventual sequel to this film. But my knowledge of Deuce Bigelow comes from a demo disc that came with my original PlayStation Portable that featured a trailer for Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. I was like, I don't even know how old I was at at the time. At the time of recording this, we haven't seen the sequel yet. No, 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 no. I can't wait, to be honest with you. But that's my... Because that was a so... That was released by Sony. That one, obviously, it was on a PSP compilation as well. was released (laughs) by Sony. I would love a game. Oh, my God. How how have they not made any Happy Madison games out of this? Well, there was a little Nikki game for the Game Boy Color. Oh, Oh, we'll get... uh, I'll show you that. When we get to the little Nikki episode, we'll include some... That's the next episode, by the way, is Little Nicky. So. Oh, yeah, I'll show you the Game Boy game. Yeah. But anyway, so the plot. What is the plot of this movie? So, um, Well, the plot is that Rob Schneider plays Deuce Bigelow, which I didn't think that that would be his actual name. Oh, no, his name is Deuce. His yeah. name literally means shit. <laughs> yeah. I really thought that that would be, like, his gigolo name. Like, I didn't think that would be his birth name. What, do they got gigolo names? Or are they, like, wrestlers? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was like cinnamon or or or, cinnamon. or something like that. Like like strippers and prostitutes have their own names. It's cinnamon. Rob Schneider plays Deuce Bigelow, who's a fish tank cleaner, which I didn't even know was a real job, but apparently it is. I mean, I I had assumed that maybe being a fish tank cleaner would be like you know a subsection of like being like you know a housekeeper or something like that. But no, that's just his entire job. He's like a wannabe marine biologist, <laughs> which he was angry that day, my friends. <laughs> gives Rob Schneider way more credit. He, he and you'll notice in a lot of these movies. They play characters that want to be really smart or try to be really fucking smart, but smart or handsome or charming or something like that. But they're just the the schlubbiest, dumbest, unattractive, dumbass people. Yeah. Well, basically, anyway, basic plot: Deuce Bigelow plays a fish tank cleaner. Or, or sorry, Rob Schneider plays Deuce Bigelow. I'm getting the names mixed up because they're both fucking ridiculous. I mean, Rob Schneider. This character is him, so it is hard to get a little confused. Oh, of course. So he plays a fish tank cleaner named Deuce Bigelow, who basically gets caught up in... Having to house sit for this male gigolo. Who's like Fabio, essentially. Yeah. Who goes out, who who has a collection of weird weapons and exotic fish. It's a crazy, crazy mansion. He gets caught up with having to house sit for this guy. So he house sits for the guy. And he has one rule, don't pick up the phone. Of course, hijinks ensue. He breaks the fish tank. He needs $4,000 to fix it. What does he do? Picks up the phone, takes the gigolo's clients, and basically tries to and raise then, money to fix the fish tank. And then while in, doing in, so... In the midst of it, he, he finds a woman that he falls in love with, and it's like, after all these women that he's had sex with, he's found this one. It's like, no, this is, this is a deeper connection. I, I actually love you as a person. And then, uh, and then that's, the, that's, that's what the, where the movie leads to. Yeah, um, and a lot of more hijinks ensue, including a pimp uh, chasing down by a cop because being a gigolo is a you know sell, selling sex is illegal. A court battle, all kinds of things happen in this movie. It's fucking insane. But here we go. So, Deuce Bigelow. Yes. Yeah, so the movie starts. First shot of the film. Rob Schneider's ass. Fucking, of <laughs> course. How welcome I- to welcome to Happy Madison Pictures. Here's Rob Schneider's ass. First thing you see. Yep. Boom. Movie starts out, he's in a giant aquarium fish tank, and he's cleaning it, but he's also naked. And it's also during uh, during hours of operation, so there's families and children. Yeah, I think there was like a school group yeah, visiting looking, or something crazy. Who see his ass and his pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> see his ass and his pee-pee, gets him fired from his job, 
there and he just goes door to door cleaning yep. fish tanks essentially. Yeah, and then works he, as a plumber for a little bit, saving. There's this one. Yeah, there's one bit. It'll come back later, but uh, he plunges out uh, a, a fish out of the toilet. Fish pops up out of the toilet, lands in the fishbowl. We'll come back to that a little later because there's a joke that. that the greatest uh, payoff you know for what? a joke. Just, just fucking okay, say so, it. Okay, so <laughs> later on at the end of the movie, there's a scene where it mirrors... It's not even at the end. It's in the, it's in the beginning, too. No, no, yeah, it's, it's not like in the beginning. On. It's more so in like the, the second act. Oh, okay. Like It, it, it mirrors the, uh, the scene where he plunges in the toilet, the fish pops up, and then lands in the fishbowl. Where he plunges the toilet, we see something pop up and land in the fishbowl, but it's not a fish. It's a big poopy. <laughs> <laughs> a nice, big poopy. <laughs> what which a pretty much sums up joke. this movie. Yep. But <laughs> anyway, so he goes door to door, and he meets up with Fabio. I'm just going to call him Fabio. I don't remember his name, but he's fucking Fabio. That's all yeah. he is. And he's a male gigolo. He is the alpha to Deuce Bigelow's beta. Yeah, which every one of these uh, Adam Sandler Happy Madison movies... It has, like, the main character has to, like, prove himself against, like, the alpha male who's, like, you know, this is the, the peak definitive what men, what men and manliness and masculinity should be. Yeah, which is, you know. A big douche. That's what they... That's a big douche. Yeah. So, basically, so he, so he also, he goes to uh, this, this uh, aquarium fish tank store, and there's this girl at the front desk that... Oh yeah, yeah, just to hammer in the misogyny, the misogyny in this movie. Yeah, there's a scene. He makes her like dig up a fish that's at the very bottom of the tank, so that when she leans into the fish tank, her boobs get wet. Uh, in oh the yeah, fish her tank. t-shirt gets wet, and then yep. you could see her nips. Yeah. So that basically paints the picture of what Rob Schneider is in this movie. So yeah, because house sitting, how sitting for reason, a gigolo. There you go. Yeah, because it also for some reason tries to make him look like he's a sensitive guy who cares about women for their souls, but yet he's like manipulating this one this girl to like you know dip her boobs into the fish tanks that way he can see her nips yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous yeah but anyway so he he house sits for this uh gigolo and the gigolo starts to like him because he knows a lot about his exotic fish in his giant fish tank in the middle of his house he really enjoys it and he finds out that he's a gigolo he he finds he's like, out. Oh, you could have sex for money. I didn't know that was a job. Yeah, grown That's the best man. Best job ever, bro. Grown, grown man didn't know what a fucking gigolo was. They start to strike up a, you know, strike up a friendship. Yeah. And he eventually, he, the gigolo, has a client far away. I don't know where he it was. He just has to go away. That's the. It doesn't matter why, but it's just the the plot reasoning is that like this gigolo has to leave the movie so that way Rob Schneider could take over his house and basically live his life for a little bit. And uh, as soon as he, uh, as soon as the male gigolo leaves, he lives it up. Yep. He lives it up. He the starts driving his car around. He starts fucking you know, all of his women. Fuck but <laughs> before that, before he does any of that, the first thing that happens, he lays down in the bed, and then he sees a used condom right next to him, and then ensues a, a cum cleaning montage, which involves him boiling the sheets and de- disinfecting the entire house to smash mouths, smash hit. Come on, come on. Which perfect song perfect title i you gotta it, it's so quintessentially 2000s it's absolutely fucking disgusting yeah i felt like i was unclean after watching it i felt like i needed to i felt like i needed to boil myself yeah. and drink but a surge while i'm at it to just to hammer in the, the fact that this movie was made in 1999 yeah. okay so as he's taking care of this house there's the big fish tank of course the movie lingers on this fish tank a lot so you know that at some point this fish tank's going to get broken and it, and what it, happens yeah it gets broken cuz he's doing 
He's doing upside down, uh, like pull ups yeah. on like his pull up bar. So it doesn't fucking. Yeah, matter. while he's making the, a grilled cheese sandwich, the, the grilled cheese uh, overcooks and catches on fire, and then he flips over. The fish tank falls over, and most of the house burns down because of this. Because he just had to have that grilled cheese. What? Whatever. <laughs> the fish tank breaks. He needs $4,000 to fix it. He saves the fish, including a very rare fish yeah. that's like the prize of the collection. Yeah, the but one that'll needs, be most noticeable if it's gone. Yeah, so. he needs $4,000 to fix it. How is he going to get $4,000? Well, he's taking care of the house for a gigolo, and he gets calls from clients for the gigolo, so maybe he could have sex with them. For money. There you go. Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. The title finally makes sense. So he has his first client. He goes over. Client's got a, basically, it's a pretty boring scene. He has to, he makes him dress up like a, wear knickers and fucking something stupid like that. Yodel for her or something stupid yeah, which, shit like that. Which girl is this again? The old bitch in the beginning. Oh, is that this That he first, first yeah. gets a call for. And then she has like a rabid dog. They don't even end up having sex. She gives him like a dollar. And that's when he realizes... Oh, I can make money doing yeah. this. There's also during bringing back uh, that scene. There's also the scene where the dog is chasing after him, and he basically chases him like cower, like corners him in the bathroom and breaks down the door in a "Here's Johnny" the type of uh, thing where the dog oh, you know, because no movie's ever done that before. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 Shining is a uh, no. No one's ever parodied the Shining, especially not that, that scene. That's uh, no, no. That's like the most unknown scene in that movie. Who yeah. the fuck knows that? But anyway, so he goes on. He ends up going to a bar goes to a bar trying to find women and, to fuck. And so his bartender is played by none other Nur McDonald, who is one of the has one of the greatest scenes of this movie. Here's a clip. 850. $8 and 50 cents. Well, how much just for a plain cranberry juice? Oh, uh, $3. No, I'll go for that. There you go. That's uh, 11.50. Uh, no, no. Perhaps you misunderstood me. I wish to cancel my original order of the martini and two olives and go for just the plain cranberry juice by itself for the $3. And I apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused you. Uh, perhaps you don't understand. Uh, if you don't pay me now, I'm going uh, to take this swizzle stick and uh, I'll be shoving that right up your pee hole. Can't beat that. Norm is just at his he, he, peak. He pops up in cameos in a lot of these movies. And he's and the it, best part in almost every one. Yeah. It, it's, it's always like a... It's like when Stan Lee shows up in a Marvel movie. It's like, oh, there he is. Yep, that's, there that's he the is. Yep. It's excellent. Absolutely excellent. So anyway, he finds this old old woman. Not, not another old woman, but older woman. Looks like she's in her about 50s. And basically talks her into going back to the apartment and, or the, the gigolo's house and having sex with him. Turns out, she's a prostitute. He wants to get paid. She wants to get paid. It involves a fight scene. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. What was the biggest movie that came out in 1999? You remember? Hmm. What involved Red, I don't know, Mike. Red pill me. Tell me. Red pill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to welcome to the real world. I think this movie might have been the first one on the, on the train of making Matrix parodies. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, it's a big Matrix fight scene where oh, her, she, it does the, the Trinity thing where she jumps up and then like it spins around 360 slow motion and she kicks him into the wall. Oh, he does the he does the the slow motion like dodging ba- the, dodging the bullets, leaning back. It, yeah. It's 
It's disgusting. It, it is again quintessentially early two thousands. Not even nineteen ninety nine. They they beat two thousand. They beat the millennium to the punch. Yeah, because uh, Shrek did all this shit too. They had the Smash Mouth. They had the Matrix jokes. But Deuce Bigelow came first. You're, Deuce Bigelow. Also, this movie might be making me retroactively dislike Shrek because it's like, wow, Shrek couldn't even. It, it, it's scraping the bottom of the barrel that <laughs> Deuce Bigelow did. Like Jesus. Yeah. So. Anyway, that fight scene happens. Turns out she's like, oh, I'm going to tell on you. So you don't know what's going to happen because she, she actually knows the gigolo. They're like friends or something. So whatever. He wakes up the next morning and encounters a pimp at the house, Eddie Griffin. He basically explains the whole situation. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make you, in his words, the best man whore you could be. Yeah. So what does he do? He goes, there's another montage of him learning how to become a man whore, getting his asshole waxed, getting, you know, his hair done, oh, getting the clothes. Oh, of course we see his ass getting waxed. Yeah. They're, they don't shy away from that. The first shot of this movie was his ass. You yeah, know, they, they love his ass in this movie. It's crazy. But anyway, so he goes through that montage and then, boom, the pimp, Eddie Griffin, gets him his first client. And Walks it, up to the door it's and a, it's the worst part of this fucking movie. It's a fat, black, trans woman which and, is uh, which is played by a man, of course. Of course it is. And, you know... And the joke is, oh, it's a fat black trans person. Like, that's that's, that's so fucking funny, right? It's like, I, I came into this job because I wanted to fuck hot women, not fat black trans women. It's ridiculous. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking those are the biggest boobies you've ever seen. Can I please use your phone? I'm not your average woman. I like sex, and I'm not afraid to admit. <laughs> Excuse me, I just had pudding an hour ago. But anyway, with this, you learn Deuce Bigelow's main push. He doesn't necessarily have to have sex with the women. He just has to make them feel good about themselves and be a friend. So what does he, he do? He plays like Clue with her, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he plays a board game with her and eats with her. Yeah. Great. And he gets paid and leaves. Dodged a bullet there, right? The yeah. rest of the movie is pretty much him, is the same thing. Yeah, and we're also, yeah, who, scraping, who are some of his other clients? Well, yeah, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel of making fun of, uh, of disabled people and people who would not necessarily be considered conventionally attractive, and that's why we make fun of them, and that's what's funny. We laugh at them. Yeah, so yeah, I don't remember what order these clientele yeah, were, but there's, there's, a, there's a woman with narcolepsy who has such funny hijinks as falling asleep on the top of the stairs and falling down them, and falling asleep while bowling and getting dragged across the freaking lane. But, yeah, it's, it, I said it, it's like the way that Sleeping Beauty is portrayed in the Shrek movies. where Wow, Shrek like, really copied this movie a yeah. lot. We have that. Then we have an Amazon woman who has one of the best lines in this movie. Well, not uh, from her, but, but in, regarding her. That's a huge bitch! The whole joke is that she's tall. It's like Tom and Jerry adults where you don't see her head ever. But yeah. Yeah, basically, Deuce Bigelow makes, the, makes her feel good about her height, makes the narcoleptic woman feel good about her um, disability. disability. One of his other clients is portrayed by Amy Poehler, yeah, which, of all people. Yeah, and I can imagine that it wasn't like, they weren't like, let's get Amy Poehler because she's funny and a great comedic actress. It was just like, this is like the earliest bits in her career, and it's just like, here's a woman who could play this role, I guess. And her thing, her shtick, was that she has Tourette's. And of course, it's not regular Tourette's, it's movie Tourette's, where I'm just going to scream, fuck, all and the shit time. and asshole. Yeah, so what does he do? Takes her to a baseball game. And, where, because, and because she has this uncontrollable need to scream fuck and shit and asshole 
it gets all the other baseball fans uh, riled up and uh, and uh, they enjoy the game because she's yelling at the team that they don't like. Don't worry. Crap muncher! I know! He was definitely safe! Hey, what do you think about the other team? Assholes! Right! And, and their pitcher! I mean, stop stalling and throw it already! Bull hair! Bull hair! Yeah, bull hair! What we need is a strike hair! That other team's a bunch of high-priced babies! Whores! That's how sports work, is that you go and you yell at the team you don't like. Yeah. And <laughs> so those are the main uh, clientele, four main clientele. There's probably On the other we're side, forgetting about. But I, I guess you could call it the B-plot of this movie. The B-plot, which is barely a plot, but there's this cop. And the cop is played by William Forsythe, of all people. And basically, he's chasing around Deuce Bigelow, trying to get the black book... Of the jig of the regular jiggle uh, Fabio, yeah, he's trying to get Fabio's black book to take him down, uh, because you know selling sex is illegal. But instead of just doing that and trying, you know, to stop him because he knows what's up, he has a lot of insecurity about his penis, and the whole thing it happens like five times in the movie. He runs up to him and he's like, "What do you think of my penis?" and just whips it out right in front of Deuce Bigelow. Let me tell you something, Mister. I could sleep at night. Because I make a decent, God-fearing, honest living. I'm sure you do. But there's nothing I can tell you. Well, I think there is. What do you think of this? You think I can get anything for it? You know, money? I don't know. Yeah. You think I'm a loser, don't you? No, I don't. Well, maybe I am a loser. But I'm a loser who can bust your ass. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not oh, clever. It, yeah, but it's also like it has to have its own lead in every single time where we, we have to stop the movie dead so that way the cop can come reintroduce himself to us as a character, reintroduce his problem with his penis and his reason for being in the movie, and then ends with him whipping out his penis. And then, of course, later at the end of the movie, we discover that like he's unable to please his wife, so he thinks it's because he has a small penis. Yeah, so that's the whole B-plot done. The whole B-plot is just this cringy fucking cop played yeah. by William Forsythe. But anyway, going back to the main plot, I had to get that out of the way. Uh, he meets his fifth client, who he eventually falls in love with. His fifth client is played by Aresia Barakis. Hope I'm I hope that right. I'm pronouncing that name right. She's only other, uh, The only other thing she's been in is The Purge. So whatever. Um, and she's obviously your conventionally attractive woman. She's blonde. She's... Uh, She's white. Okay. Yeah, and she basically, it convinces him to get out of the gigolo thing. She doesn't even know he's a gigolo. He just goes on a date with her. Doesn't even know. Falls in love with her because she loves fish. You know, he just like he does. Perfect soulmates. Throughout the whole time they're dating, though, you find out, she says, if you knew my true, in if you knew my true being, you wouldn't like it. And you don't know what it is. Yeah. And the whole time I'm like, she has a dick. She, she has, has a dick. She has, she a, has a dick. She has a dick. And that's not what it is. Surprising. Thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. But anyway. I mean, it's she, still not good what it is. Like, it turns out that she has a prosthetic leg. Where it's still like, yeah, it's a little bit ableist. But it's like, it's it's still low-hanging fruit. But it's not as much of a low-hanging fruit as if it was, as if she had a penis. Yeah. So he goes through the whole thing with her. Introduces her to her father. Who, to which, his father. Who's a bathroom attendant. Yeah, this which is, is one of the funniest moments in the movie. In the beginning of the film, I, I almost forgot it. Because it doesn't really add much to the plot. But he's in a bathroom at a restaurant, and he's and the uh, 
restroom attendant starts talking to him and he refers to him as dad. And that reveals that his father is a restroom attendant at a fancy restaurant. And that was actually one of the funniest moments of the film for me. Cause I think for this, for as shitty as this film is, that was very well done. I thought that was very funny. That it's for, re- that he's just talking to this bathroom attendant as if he's just like a normal person. And then it turns out it's his dad. Yeah. Very funny. So he goes through the whole thing, introducing him, introducing her to his dad, you know, basically like, oh, I'm going to marry this woman someday. Da, 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 da. Then she finds out he's a gigolo. And then she's like, oh, you, you don't actually love me. This was all just for your job. And you don't care about me as a person. Blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, he proves to her that he isn't. He, he proves to her that, you know, he loves her for who he is. And he, would, he was giving up the life just to, you know, just to be with be her. With her. That's, um, so there's also some stuff we're missing. Uh, there's also, eventually the cop... Because there's a trial scene. There's a yeah, part scene. of the B-plot, the end of the B-plot, when the B and A-plot connect, is that he catches him, puts him on trial. Who comes to his, his savior? Defen- his defense is all of the women that he uh, took out uh, as his clients, and they basically vouch for him. It's, it's like the ending of Baby Driver, where all the people <laughs> that he, he, was, he wronged, they, they, uh, they came in and explained why he was good, and then that gets him off. Like, did not ju- sexually in this movie, but... <laughs> did you just compare this movie to Baby Driver? Yeah, Baby Driver ripped this movie off, too. Shrek, Baby Driver, The Matrix, apparently. 10 out of 10. 10 <laughs> out of 10. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they come to his defense. He gets free. He... And also, during the, the courtroom, when the tall woman is giving her testimony, of course, the line, That's a huge bitch! Comes, comes up again, second time. But it's also, like, it's not, like, it's not completely audible. It's like, that's a huge bitch! Yeah, it's really far away, and it's pretty funny. But anyway, so the trial goes through. He's freed. He gets all the money. They run back. They fix the, the fish tank. The fish tank. But, but the the rare fish dies. Yes. Oh, because we forgot to oh, mention. Because the, oh, wasn't there a blind woman in this movie too? Yes. Yeah, the blind. The narco. Woman. We totally forgot the narcoleptic client. Not the narco. Yeah, the narco. No, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler has a roommate who's blind. What does he do when he puts all the fi- when he takes all the fish out? He has them around the house in random tanks. Of course, he puts the rare fish in the fucking blender filled with water because that can't possibly go wrong. And then the blind woman makes smoothies with the blender and then kills the fish. That's so you in have there. a chase scene where he's literally running to the it's Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller essentially running to the running to the pet store to with the woman with the wet T-shirt to get the fish. Of course, he makes her dip her boobs in one more time because fucking you. He's yeah, still also, a pig. Yeah, and also it's like yeah, you're you're. Committed in love with this one woman, you think you would like, you know, stop trying to like get a glimpse of this woman's t-shirt boobies, but <laughs> t-shirt boobies. So the gigolo comes home. Everything's pretty normal for the most part. And then he did the gigolo discovers that oh he was taking his clients and oh his house he 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 fucked up everything and he touched the the, the weapons and the stuff that he wasn't supposed to and then there ensues another matrix fight scene Chekhov's gun yeah with the medieval weapons cuz you know it had to come up again yeah and then so there's another matrix fight scene where he throws the swords and the axes at Deuce Bigelow and he like does the matrix bullet time dodge of it and it's it was so clever when they did it the first time that they, they just had to, had to do it again yeah had to gold so then the way that the gigolo gets defeated how does that happen again basically Basically, the black trans woman jumps in the way of an incoming harpoon, which catches on a, a chicken breast that was inside her bra, which she then eats. Yeah, because, of course, if you're a fat 
person. You're always eating all the time, and you have food just on you everywhere. Perfect timing for William Forsyth to come in, arrest him, take him away. And then that's the end of the movie. They get married. Uh, Deuce and the, wom- the woman he fell in love with get married. End yeah. of film. And the film ends before we cut to credits. It goes through and tells us what every single. Oh, character it does. The, of has course, it does to. the whole. Like, it, like it's based on a true story. Like it goes through what every character went through, and the best one is that it just says Norm Macdonald was on set for one day to film this this scene, <laughs> which is more than he needed to. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also the fact that like every single other person was in character. Like oh, uh, Janie or whatever the woman's name was, they went off and did this. And then the last one is just Norm MacDonald was only on set for one day. <laughs> it's like it's almost like Norm broke into the editing studio and just inserted his own brand of humor into anything that was involved with him. Because that's the thing you'll discover. Anytime that Norm is in these movies, the movie like halts dead and then just starts becoming Norm's style of humor. Because yeah. Norm's style of humor is much different than these movies' humor is. And you could totally tell whenever Norm comes in that it's like, oh, this is Norm being Norm, and they let him do it because he's awesome. But yeah, so that's that's, that's the plot. That's, that's pretty much that's in the depth whole movie. look at Deuce Bigelow. So one thing that we always want to try to mention here, before we get to our ratings and everything like that, product placement. Yeah, because Happy Madison movies, for some reason, Adam Sandler loves putting products in his films. And they, they feature more heavily in the plots of the films in the ones that Adam Sandler stars in, for some reason. Yeah. They pop up a lot in a lot of the other ones, but it's not as egregious. Yeah, but every episode, we're going to try to touch on what egregious product placement is in each one. And for this, there's three main ones. One is Pepsi. Whenever someone's drinking something in this film, it's Pepsi. There's a Pepsi product. Yeah, it's always. A, yeah, all around. One um, is Fiji water, again, which is always the anywhere there's drinks. Yes, yeah. but then the big one is Sony, which of course because this is a Sony film, so every single device device in this Gigolo's house is Sony branded. I wouldn't be the surprised cameras, if he had the the TV, a Sony couch. It would not surprise me. It amazes me how much Sony's in there. I counted. I lost count how many Sony devices were in this movie. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But you got to make your money somehow, right? Yeah, and also, this is going to be one of the least egregious. Oh, it only gets worse. Placement. As we go on, it only gets worse. Yeah. And if any of you have seen any of these Happy Madison movies, you probably knew that already. Yeah. It only gets worse. All right. So, so then, on to the ratings. Well, before we, act, yeah, we got to get to we, Yeah, before the- we do the ratings, what we like to do is we like to pick... We have three categories. First being the funniest part of the movie. What we feel these are comedies after all, and they have to make us laugh at least yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because even shitty comedies have at least like one or two moments that get you. Yeah, of course. So for this, we have three main funny parts. First is one that Mike and I agree on, which yep. is Norm McDonald. I'll play the clip again. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna take this swizzle stick and uh, I'll be shoving that right up your pee hole. And Mike, what do you, yeah. what was, in your opinion, what was the funniest part of this movie? Um, I, I think the one that I had to talk about was the, the scene where he plunges the toilet and the, the big poopy just drops <laughs> into the fishbowl. It's stupid and juvenile and it's not really that creative. But considering that before the movie it showed that, like, oh, he plunged it and a fish came out, it's like, all right, so there's, there's that and then there's the setup for that joke and then later on there's the payoff of, it's a giant turd. Like, so you know what? That made me laugh. I, I, it's stupid and it's juvenile, but whatever. It got me. 
for me, the funniest part of the movie, it's a tie between the father. Like I mentioned earlier, introduction of Deuce Bigelow's father, I thought was very pretty well done for a movie of this caliber. I thought it was actually pretty well done. And the other one was just... That's a huge bitch! Which comes up in a bunch of Happy Madison movies and makes me laugh every single time. Yeah. So... It's a thing that I get nostalgic for now. Whenever in, in future movies, whenever I hear that's a huge bitch, I'm like, oh, there. Because oh, you hear that so thing. often. Yep. <laughs> so besides the funniest part, we also have the flip side, the cringiest part. Yeah. Again, three main cringy parts in this film. One that me and Mike both agree on is, of yeah, course, the uh, just the in- everything involving the fat black trans woman. It's really regressive and uh, disgusting and uh, and morally horrible. And uh, it's, it's everything that we thought this movie was going to be. It's like, oh, it's a guy, and he has to have sex with a bunch of women. We know that some of them are not going to be the, the quintessential ideal of what a woman should be. Yeah. And, of course, that's one of the first ones that pops up, and it's like, yeah, this is bad. It's going to be downhill from here. Yeah. Well, I actually so, didn't, though. Yeah. For me, my cringe part has to be William Forsyth just in general in this film. It, it's disgusting just how unfunny this scenes are like running up to him going, how's my penis? What do you think of my penis? The first time it came up, I was like, all right, that wasn't that funny, but okay. Yeah, but it didn't realize it was going to be a running thing. It happens like five times in this fucking movie. It's an integral plot point as well. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I also think that if I had to pick another one for me specifically, it's anything with the matrix jokes. Cause it's like, not only the Matrix is it's one of those things like Scarface where it's like every movie parodies it and it, it always parodies it parodies it in the same way and it's and I, I get that this was 1999 so it was like the same year as the Matrix so it probably wasn't as overplayed as it became but it's still like when we watch it it's like oh yeah of course here's Matrix jokes yeah of course it's all yeah it's also like the most predictable Matrix jokes it's the the bullet time, it's the slow motion, and yeah. Granted, yeah. you know it it came out pretty soon. It was probably ahead of its time. Yeah, for the time. Yeah, but, but no. Yeah, it's 2018. And then we also for for all of these movies, we have to have at least one category for the person who's too good for this shit. Yeah, you'll find that every single one of these movies. I don't know why they do it, but they always get a big name actor or actress to be in it. Who's someone who is also not traditionally in movies like this. Yeah, just, I don't know why, maybe they just they have extra money to throw around, or they just really want that star power, maybe that'll bring in viewers, or they bring up the merit of it somehow. Or even in some cases, like in this one right here, it's somebody who maybe wasn't as big at the time, who then became much better. With that um, said, yeah, too good for this shit for yeah, this movie is... It's, it's Amy Poehler. Of course. And of course, she she's, she's good in the part, like, I would have picked her for my funny part, but it's still, it's like... It's it's the type of like South Park thing of t- portraying Tourette's where it's just like screaming fuck. Oh no! Well, South Park asshole. portrayed South Park portrayed Tourette's actually better than this, believe <laughs> it or not. If you remember that episode, it, it involves ticks and things like that. Cartman was the one who portrayed it badly. All right, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, that's the thing is that like Amy Poehler, she does a, a f- I guess a fine enough job at doing what she's supposed to, and because it's Amy Poehler screaming like fucking shit and asshole and suck my cock, like like I guess it makes it funny because it's Amy Poehler. But at the time, nobody would have really known who she was, so it would have just been another random side character. Yeah. But but with that being said, yeah, she she is too good for this shit. Yeah, and yeah, looking back, especially in retrospect, like just yeah, I like was what? very surprised when I saw her when she came on the screen. I looked at Mike and went, "That's fucking Amy Poehler. What the fuck?" Yeah. Finally, onto the ratings, and we each give our own individual ratings. Our own and numbers out of it's it's out of ten. What exactly out of ten? 
depends it, it, on the it film. It changes every film. For so, this one, it's poopy fish bowls. So Mike, so I give this movie four poopy fish bowls out of ten. And I actually laughed a little bit more. I know you. I found the dad thing funny, and you thought just thought it was kind of okay. I found yeah. it a little bit funnier than you did, which you have a more refined sense of comedy than I do at times. Oh, really? I, I don't think you need to go through that. I laughed at fucking poopy fish bowls. Whatever. So. <laughs> I give it five poopy fish bowls out of ten. Hmm, that's. It's probably like a, like a right halfway right down the middle. I yeah, guess. I give it a, I give it a five. It was an enjoyable watch. Did it make me laugh out loud? No, I mean, it didn't. And then also in, in retrospect, we've watched a couple of these movies since then, and uh, I think this might make us like look more fondly on this movie compared to the ones that we have. Oh, upcoming. don't don't spoil it, Michael. I won't. But we'll get to that. Yeah. So yeah. I anyway. So that's so, uh, that's the first episode of Crappy Madison. So, uh, like we said earlier, we're going them in uh, order, in chronological order of release. So, next episode... Next episode is going to be Little Nicky. It's fucking oh awesome. fucking awesome. Yeah. So, next episode will be Little Nicky. going to be a great time. Yeah. I'll so, actually... to, to play us out, actually, one scene I purposely didn't mention is a scene in which uh, Deuce has to do a striptease to uh, William Forsythe's wife. Yes, yeah, so, so that way she, he could get her sexually aroused. And the song that they play is Casey and the Sunshine Band's uh, Get Down Tonight. Which, which is which known. We, we refer to it as just the Flubber song because this song was heavily featured in a lot of the trailers for the movie Flubber starring Robin Williams. And uh, they changed the lyrics in those versions of the song instead of do a little dance, make a little love, it's make a little flub. So I'll try to find the flubber version, but if I can't, either way, here's Casey and the Sunshine Bands. Get down tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Yep. We'll see you on the next episode of Crappy Madison. See you, bye.